past so rich and so beyond our human understanding because we are talking about god the infinite marvelous matchless glorious we cannot even fathom and thank god that he has given us everything what we need to learn and that's why we need to read every day because this is god's love book for his redeemed people so you have to read and grow in the knowledge of god we have been looking into the attributes of god and i just want to fly through and then we get into what we are going to study so this is is wonderful to repeat because repetitions helps us to understand is never boring when you go back and repeat over and over again so i want you to program and and store up in your mind all what i say we are we, we have already studied about the holiness of god that is one of the attributes of god the god is holy he is untouched unstained by the evil he is so pure that he cannot even look to the evil that is what god is he is absolutely pure and perfect when jesus came on this planet earth in john chapter 8 and verse 43 45 jesus told can anyone prove any sin in me and there was not one who pointed out that you have a sin that what you find in the gospel and he is absolutely pure and perfect when god's people came out from israel from egypt there was a great worship service led by moses and his sister miriam and this is what moses said in exodus chapter 15 and verse 11 who is like unto thee glorious in holiness fearful in praises and who is doing wonders that is the god of the bible who is like unto thee whom shall you compare with is beyond comparable beyond beyond so we and and because god is holy we are exhorted to be holy in our conduct that's why we cannot do that friends god has given us his blessed holy spirit who indwells in us and helps us to walk the narrow path because in our own strength we cannot we cannot but praise god when you got saved the god has deposited his own spirit so he can lead you in all the truth and this is in 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 leviticus chapter 11 verse 44 45 he said i am thy god is holy therefore be a holy peter repeats that word in first peter chapter 1 and verse 16 so our lives should shine we are the living letter of god we are living letter of god when you go out from here to your neighborhood and your friends they would like to read god they would like to read god how are they going to read it matters how you deal with god and his character in your own personal life paul writes we are the living letter so that that is one of the attributes that god is holy be ye holy therefore i am holy 
And then we saw the second attributes of God, the righteousness of God and the justice of God. This is another marvelous, marvelous attributes of our great God. Great God. Righteousness and justice are desired, derived from the same root word in the original language of the New Testament. Righteousness means being right. Being right. Being just. Righteousness designates the perfect agreement between God's nature and his acts. His acts. So, when you talk about the righteousness of God, when I was talking about the other day, I told, that, I told you the real problem, as it were, with salvation was not the matter of getting sinful man to the holy God, but getting the holy God to accept the sinful man. Do you understand, my friends? Do you understand? Let me repeat to again. This is very basic doctrines of Paul in Romans chapter 3. When you have a minute, when you go home, read Romans chapter 3. And what I'm saying, you will understand. The real problem, as it were, with salvation was not the matter of getting sinful man to the holy God, but getting the holy God to accept the sinful man. How can holy God accept sinful man? It ought to be on his terms, not on my terms. On my terms. God has a standard. And according to his standard, he would like us to be accepted. Not according to my. People try to be accepted by their good works. By doing good, by doing everything, by fasting and all kinds of things. But God has his own way. God has his own way that getting holy God to accept the sinful man without violating his justice. It was only through praise God for the cross. Praise God for the cross that God would provide just redemption for the sinful man. So the cross demonstrates forever that God is both supremely just and supremely gracious. Supremely just and supremely gracious. How can holy God accept you and me where he cannot even look to the evil things? God designed the plan. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. God made Jesus Christ who knew no sin to be sin for you and for me. As a result of that, now, holy God has accepts you and me as adopted children, praise God. Adopted children of his. And God is both just and justifier of sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is beyond understanding, my friends. How can holy God be just and a justifier sinful man? Cross. Cross, cross, thank God for cross. That's why Revelation chapter 13 verse 8, before the foundation of this earth, the cross was already in the heart of God. What a, what a glorious gospel we have. Then we looked into the sovereignty of God. Oh, that's a big subject. And you know, if you understand 
the sovereignty of God, your life becomes a piece of cake. When you understand the doctrine of the sovereignty of God, your life becomes the peace of God. No matter what comes in your life, you know who handles your life. It's not you. Because our days are numbered. Our hours are numbered. Our seconds are numbered by God. You know, my friends, Bible tells us in uh, Psalm number 34, verse 16. I don't want you to turn. David says, my times are in your hand. And then in Psalm 74, uh, 71, verse 17, it says, um, my, my, my days are in your hand. It is God who controls everything for us. Sovereignty of God. This is the attributes we saw in details to say God is sovereign is to declare that he possesses all power in heaven and on earth. No one can defeat his counsels. Nobody can thwart God's purpose. Nobody can resist his will. To say that God is a sovereign, that we are affirming God's right. God's right over you and me. God's right over you and me, that he governs every details of our life. We affirm his right as a potter. God is the potter. And we are the clay. Never make God potter. Never make God clay and you become the potter. That is the problem. And I, when, when we were looking into, I pointed out, do not make God your servant. Do not make God your servant. Let God be God. Let God be God. And you become the servant. You know, we sing that song, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. How often really we understand that we are surrendering to him as a potter. And we say, Lord, however you want to break it, however you want to make it, however you want to uh, mold it, you have a right over me. I have nothing to say no. If I say no, then I'm resisting God's plan. God has a better plan, my friends. When your life in God's hand, he orchestrates everything for your good and for his glory. That's why you can sing, no, then, that's why you can uh, uh, affirm very clearly, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, everything works together for good. Those who love God according to his call. Those who are called according to God's purpose, right? That is the God we have. He is under no law, friends. God is under no law. God is under no obligation. God is not obligated to answer our prayers, my friends. He chooses to answer for his own glory. When he doesn't answer, doesn't mean God has deaf ears. When Mary and Martha send the word that the one whom you love is sick, Jesus stayed three days more. Where were you when my brother was hurting? Where were you? My brother died. You should have been here. Heaven was silent. What did Jesus say? You will see the glory of God. That is the God we have, friends. That is the God we have. So, trust and obey for there is no other way. 
to be happy in Jesus, trust and obey. God does everything for his own glory. He does what pleases him, how he pleases him, when he pleases him, and whom he pleases him. Who am I to argue with God? Whom, whom, who, who am I that negotiate with God and say, God, listen, you have to do this way. That is not the way kingdom of God works. That is not the way kingdom of God works. All right, that is the sovereignty of God. Now, we are getting into another attributes of God, eternality. God is eternal. Oh, friends, God is eternal. Since God is eternal, there has never been a time when he did not exist. Let me say it again. Since God is eternal, there has never been a time when he did not exist. He had no beginning and he has no end. He has no beginning and he has no end. Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 6 says, Thus said the Lord, the King of Israel and the Redeemer, uh, Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, I am uh, and besides me, there is no God. There is no God. Well, in Isaiah 43, verse 14, the prophet Isaiah says, The Lord identify himself as Israel's king. I am the Lord, your, uh, I am the Lord, your holy one, the creator of Israel, your king. Your king. Well, Isaiah chapter 41 uh, and verse 4 uh, says the creator of the uh, creator of Israel, your king. He's a redeemer. He's a redeemer. He's eternal one. If you if you compare with Psalm number forty eight and verse twelve, you know that this is what the Psalm uh, Isaiah forty eight verse twelve says: "I am the first; I also the last." Jesus, in a direct affirmation of his deity, called himself: "I am the first; I am the last." So we are talking about the Old Testament God and the New Testament God. They are not two gods separately, okay? They are the same. Probably Jehovah's Witness would like you to believe there are one and a half God. But there is no one and a half God. What Old Testament God is the name. That's why the deity, that's what Jesus said. I am the first and I am the last. That's what Isaiah pointed out over and over again. You know, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 17, let me read to you, the fear not, I am the first and I am the last. I am the first and I am the last. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, he said, this thing said the Lord, I am the first and I am the last. This is Jesus is talking about. Old Testament prophet Isaiah said, the, thus says the Lord, I am the first and I am the last. They are not two God, same one. Revelation chapter 22 verse 13. I am the Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am the first and the last. I am the first and the last. We are talking about God of the Bible is eternal. He is 
eternal. Being eternal God is not bound by time. Is not bound by time. Having always existed, he sees the past, he sees the future, he clearly sees who we are in the present, right? And my beloved, yet, listen to this word, yet, he was willing to choose you and me as his own son and daughter. Such very thoughts would bring us on our knees. That he knows my past. How many people hide past? But in God, everything is exposed. If God recounts our past, who would choose us? And what did Psalmist says? As far as the east is from the west, so far. Remove our transgression. My friends, that is the God. He's eternal. He's the Alpha and Omega. He knows your past. He knows your present. He knows your future. And yet, he's not ashamed to call you and me as their adopted children. Such thought ought to bring us on our knees with humble gratitude and say, thank you, Lord. God has a perfect understanding of what is the best of our of our lives. Therefore, we should trust him. We should trust him, my friends. Even you don't understand. You know, beloved, you don't have to understand in order to trust him. You trust him and then you will understand. The world we are living in, they would like to see first before they believe. But the Bible says you believe first. And then you will behold. Then we have a, another fifth character attributes of God is immutability. Immutability. You know what does it mean? Immutability is God is unchangeable. Who would like to associate with friends? who changes every hour. You want to run away because you cannot trust him. He will say something to you and then one hour later, he will change. If God is like that, he's not God. He's not God. What he says, he stands forever. God never changes. His nature and his purpose stands forever, my friends. 
In Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, turn with me please. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6. Malachi chapter 3 verse 16. That's how the three verse six. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Isn't it one? Thank you, Pastor Marty. I am the Lord, I change not. What did Jesus, what did right of the Hebrews says in chapter 13, verse 8? Anybody remember that verse? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is same yesterday, today, and forever. As he was yesterday, so he is today, and so he will be tomorrow. Isn't it wonderful? You can trust him. You can trust him. You can trust him. Is God a just revenger of those who rebel against him? Yes, this is a rhetorical question. Is God bountiful rewarder of those who diligently seek him? Yes, yes. You cannot, I cannot understand the way he deals with. His, his dealing is infinite, his infinite dealing. You know, that was the problem with Jonah. That was the problem with Jonah. That's why Jonah was running away from God. You remember? Finally, Jonah obeyed. And Jonah went and he preached the message of judgment. The message of judgment. Thus says the Lord, in three days, God is going to destroy you. God is going to kill you all. What did everybody say? They repented. They believed Jonah's word. And that was a problem with Jonah. Because he wanted God to pour out the wrath. But God is a rewarder of. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 18 verse 8 please. Jeremiah chapter 18 verse 8. This is powerful word. That was misunderstood by Jonah. Jeremiah chapter 18 verse 8. Isn't it wonderful? Wow. Wow. Tim, read it again loudly. Listen to this word, friends. Jeremiah, everybody got Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 8? All right, Tim, read loudly, please. Yes, God had intended to judge Nineveh. And Jonah wanted God to judge. But the God says that if they repent, I will not do that. That was the problem with Jonah. That was the problem with Jonah. And is it not true for all of us, my friends? We are all destined for God's judgment. 
because of our sin. But when you came to the cross, verse 17 and 18, Thank you, Paul. Thank you. What a powerful word, friends. What a powerful word that God is not changed. God is not a liar. God is the same as, you, uh, he, as he was. And it is reliable because God himself is faithful. Friends, this very word about God, his faithful God. I wonder you ever on your knees thought about God's faithfulness? God's faithfulness? Turn, to, turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 22, 23. Sorry, Lamentation chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. Lamentation, that is after Jeremiah, before Ezekiel, the book of Lamentation that was written by Jeremiah. Lamentation chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Paul. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassion, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hand hath provided. Great is God's faithfulness, Lord unto me. Because of his mercy, because of his compassion, we are not consumed. Great is God's faithfulness. Take time. Take time and thank God for his faithfulness. You know, Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 13, even though we are faithless, God is faithful. God is faithful. In what areas God is faithful? You would like to write down? My beloved, write down this. You will be blessed. Number one, God is faithful in his creation. God is faithful in his creation. I want someone to read Psalm number 119 and verse 90. Psalm number 119, that is the longest chapter, and verse 90. 
thank you my faithfulness to all generations ah, hallelujah god is faithful in his creation god is faithful in his promise deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9 turn with me please deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9 all these verses are very important friends deuteronomy the fifth book in the old testament chapter 7 and verse 9 If I'm going fast, raise your hand and say, "Stop it!" Because we have very limited time and so much to give. Yeah, hallelujah! God is faithful in His covenant, in His promise. God is faithful God is faithful in his promise God is faithful in his promise okay and then also in uh, you can write down the verses second corinthians chapter 1 verse 18 and hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 all three verses talks about God's faithfulness in his promise Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9 Second Corinthians chapter one verse eighteen, Hebrews chapter ten verse twenty three. All three verses talks about God's faithfulness in His promise. Well, another thing, God is faithful in His salvation. Turn with me to First Thessalonians chapter five verse twenty four. First Thessalonians chapter five verse twenty four. First Thessalonians chapter five verse twenty four. God is faithful in salvation. Someone can read loudly, please. Amen. Thank you, Diane. Faithful is God who has called you. Who has called you is faithful. What about temptation? Yesterday in men's fellowship, I pointed out. temptation is like a bird bird is flying over you cannot stop bird flying over your head but you can stop him making the nest in your head is it not true let me say it again you cannot stop the bird flying over your head but you can certainly stop him to make the nest same with temptation Temptation is always surrounding you, but you should not let temptation dwell in you. Now turn with me to First Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirteen. First Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirteen. Thank you Pastor Marty. God is faithful. When you encounter temptation, he would not let you beyond your strength. You understand? That is the God of the Bible. He would not let you go and say find your way. But he will he said even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for thou art with 
me. That is the God we have. That is the God we have. In temptation, he would not let you go beyond what you cannot handle it. <clears throat> and then, my friends, God is faithful in keeping you faithful and protect you from Satan. Oh, turn with me to great high priestly prayer, John chapter 17 and verse 15. John chapter 17 and verse 15. John 17, verse 15. Isn't it wonderful? Thank you, Paul. The Lord Jesus Christ in the uh, garden of, uh, in the upper room, he said, I'm not praying for everybody, but I'm praying for you. The Lord, Father, will protect you from Satan. That's why, beloved, we have a victory in Christ. That's why we have victory. We are not perfect. Believers are not perfect. But they are forgiven. Believers are not perfect. Our perfection will come when we are absent from the body and present with the Lord. There comes perfection. We shall be like. Are you looking for the overtaker or the undertaker? Upper taker. We are looking for the upper taker that one day this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond. The angels beckon me from heaven's open and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Anymore. Do you feel home here? Every morning, every afternoon, every evening, I have a pain, my friends, and I long to be with the Lord. Oh, I wish he would take me any time. I'm ready to go. My ledger book is already checked in. <laughs> Truly, yes. The only regret I will have that what the Lord expected me and I have not done, that is the only regret I will have. What I have done, I'm not worried about. But what I have not done, I have to have tears when I stand before the Lord. Absence from the body, presence with the Lord. God is faithful. God's word does not need any confirmation. From anyone. That's why in Psalm number 19, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect. God's word doesn't need my help. God's word doesn't need my assistant. Let the word of God release from the pulpit and it will work like a lion. It will work like a lion. God's word. And that's why, my friends, 
We don't need any extra thing in order to attract people. Word of God is sufficient. Word of God is sufficient to bring conviction, correction, reproof, challenge, encouragement, anything God's word can do that. God's word doesn't need any confirmation from from someone else. It is reliable God's word because God himself is faithful. God himself is faithful. People confirm their promises by appealing to someone greater as witness. Since no one is greater than God, he can only provide an oath from himself. So God, two unchangeable things from God, God's promise and God's pledge. God's promise and God's pledge. Unchangeable. You can trust him. You can trust him. You can trust him for eternity. He has never changed. He is immutable. He is unchangeable God. His promises and his oath, both are unchangeable without any possibility. Without any possibility of change or variance, God has declared his promise of his pledge by himself. They cannot be turned around or altered. God says you are secure. Come to me and I will give you rest. And he does. He does. He does. I will hold you. That's why, beloved, our salvation is temporary. Our salvation is partial, eternal. What did Jesus say in John chapter 10, verse 28? No one can snatch me from my hand. Once you have committed yourself to him, still for eternity. You know, have you ever thought, and I'm, I'm done now, five minutes early, not, we'll pray. How many people have traveled in air, 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 aeroplane? How many people have traveled? Beautiful. Thank you. When you check in, when you check in, and your luggage and everything is, given to people there, right? Airlines people, they, and then you stand there, I wonder whether they will keep or not. Are you sure that you're going to deliver me to Texas? Sir, your luggage will be there when you go. I doubt about that. (laughs) Don't worry about that. Once you've given to me, uh, to us, It is safe for Texas. If we can trust for our luggage to airline people, eternal God is much greater than airline people. When you trust your soul, he will seal you forever. That is the God we have. 
don't doubt god don't doubt god otherwise you are miserable once you are given he will see you through all eternity all eternity <clears throat> and i was checking uh, while we were doing our study that um, Psalm number 31 and verse 15, where it says, my times are in your hand. Psalm number 31, verse 15. And then Psalm number 74 and verse 16. This is what says, this is probably I misquoted, so I, I apologize for that, but I just wanted to make sure that you write quotation in your notebook psalm number 74 and verse 50 16 the day is yours and the night is yours my time is in lord's hand my day is in the lord's hand my night is in the lord's hand why worry why worry well that's it for today and god willing will pick up next lord's day meantime fasten your seat belt well any concern to be lifted up friends